Okay, so you're getting serious with your YouTube game now and you're thinking about upgrading the equipment that you've got. Maybe you're just starting, but you want to start with the best equipment that's available uh, to you. So I'm going to give you all of the information I can about what I'd call a pro setup. The pro gear guide is where all of this information comes from. It's available at kingandvideo.co.uk and you can go and download that for free. And in this pro gear guide, I'm just going to go through the same as I did in the last episode. So if you listen to the last episode, I was starting with the starter gear guide. In this with the pro gear guide, I'm going to go through cameras, lighting, all of that kind of jazz and talk about what you can do to upgrade your setup. And, and look, <laughs> I shouldn't do the intro, right? It's, this is the YouTube success podcast. Of course, it is you here. You've either on YouTube or you'll find your way to the podcast on Spotify and, and Apple and all of those good places. Uh, this is a free podcast. I, I'm doing this because I love uh, YouTube. I love video. Um, spent some time a few years ago looking at what I really love to do and it's teaching and talking about video based stuff. So if you're in for all of that, you want to improve your video game, you want to improve your YouTube game, I'm going to be interviewing some of the biggest YouTubers in the world. I've already done that if we're on episode nine here, but we've got a few already done and I've got one coming with uh, Jerry in episode 12 so stick around for all of that stuff I'm finding the best people and you're going to get all of that from this podcast so that's intro uh, over and done with oh no it's not don't forget to review this share it like it all that kind of good social stuff all of those little indications that are important to us to let us know that you're actually enjoying this stuff and thank you so much for those of you already even by this episode that who have reached out to me on the socials. Uh, I am a normal human being. I know when you listen to podcasts and watch YouTube and some of these things, you can think though the people that you listen to or that you're talking to are out of reach. I'm not at all. I'm not in, in any way an influencer or a celebrity. I'm just a normal person who's trying to make a good living doing this good stuff as well. And I absolutely would love to connect with you. So please go and uh, seek me out on the socials. Uh, all the links are in the show notes, of course. All right. So let's talk about the pro gear guide, the pro gear guide. This is probably my favorite gear guide. Uh, you know, I talked about the budget stuff and I, and I always want to help people where they're at. So some people can't afford to invest in more equipment and I totally understand that and I get it. I've been there. Do what you got to do with the money that you have. But the reason why I love the pro gear guide is because this is where you can make huge leaps and bounds, I think by just investing in a small amount of equipment, but also how you can create an environment where it's good for you just to sit down and record these episodes. When I'm sitting here in my studio now, I just have to press a few buttons and I'm ready to record. Now, one caveat to that is, you'll see that I talk about the Sony ZV-1, <laughs> actually ZV-E10 as well. Uh, ZV-1 is what English people would call it. I'll talk about that and I'm mention it. I'm actually using a Sony A7C, which is a bit more of an expensive equipment. And there's a Sony ZE-10, which is even better. Oh, my God. I can't believe I saw that today. I've got so much uh, gas, which is gear acquisition syndrome. I definitely want to go and buy that, but it's like two and a half grand. So I'm not going to go and do that right now. Uh, my wife would definitely kill me when I've got millions of cameras already in this office. I've got to find a way to justify that purchase for sure. Look, so the reason why it's my favorite is because when you buy all of this, a small investment, what I think is a relatively small investment, it's a long-term investment as well, it dramatically increases the likeliness that you're going to create video content, right? And 
it increases your opportunity to create video content when you're least feeling like it right now this is late in the day and I, I don't know if in the podcast I've already talked about energy being in the right energy to film but I'm definitely not in the right energy if you go and watch me on YouTube you'll probably find I'm less excitable as I normally am <laughs> maybe you'll disagree with me I'm not sure let me know in the comments but I'm low energy here right but I know I need to get these episodes done so I've been able to come and sit in my office uh, almost 5 p.m press the buttons that I needed to do and I'm ready to record and I'm got like great because I've got this permanent setup and it's not far away from the setup that I'm going to talk about here today. All right, so I think we've set this episode up well enough. Let's dig into it and talk about cameras then. So in the last uh, episode, we talked about the starter gear guide and using your mobile phone. Now, if you move from a mobile phone to a dedicated camera like this, and there's Sony ZV-1, which is the first recommendation or my previous recommendation, I now tend to say the ZV-E10, which is the next level up. The difference between the two, by the way, is one's a point and shoot with a fixed camera, a fixed lens, sorry, and the other one's a, I don't know if you could call it a point and shoot anymore because it has a detachable lens. All of a sudden, when you've got a detachable lens and it's an APS-C, APS-C camera, all of a sudden you can start to do really clever things with it. So the ZV-1, the ZV-E10, great, you can purchase them, you can pick them up and you're, and you're ready to go straight away. And actually, when we're talking about those cameras, right now they're on super discount. And I know it's Black Friday, but it looks like these discounts are there for a while. So you can pick them up, what I used to say is about £700, but it's about £600 now. It's probably the same in dollars if you're in the US plus tax, right? So. You can get these cameras relatively cheap and, and what what it means is if you're using your mobile phone in the previous example you have to stop using your mobile phone or you have to set it up and put it on the tripod or something like that when you've got a dedicated device for filming you can just turn it on or have it permanently set up so if you're on youtube you can see me looking at the camera now as i'm filming this and it, this camera that i've got here is here all the time all the time I just come in, I turn it on, it's connected with a capture card, we're not going to talk about those in this episode, and I have a button to turn my lighting on. In fact, if you're on YouTube, I press the button here, you'll see my lighting go off, and my lighting comes back on, and I'm away to go. That's it. You know, I open Ecamm and a few other bits as well, but I'm ready to go. That's it. So that's the benefit, because it means that for anyone that's ever set up equipment before it takes you out of the good energy you start to get frustrated with it sometimes things don't work quite as well if you're setting up a studio environment or a filming environment every single time in reality you should test that environment because you've moved it about you don't know if you've accidentally flipped to switch or something like that and you can easily disable the microphone i've done that before you can easily turn it into a different mode you can turn it in a different aperture or iso all the settings that these complicated cameras have you can easily flick some of these switches so then when you come back to review the footage it's dead the worst one is when the microphone doesn't work and you've got no sound because you can't recover from that so having a dedicated setup means you just know the buttons that you need to press there's no chance of you pressing these things and away you go so investing in a camera like this is really good and you know the other great thing about it is there's um with sony cameras specifically they have a million menu items that can be confusing it can be daunting when you first get it there's loads of youtube videos that help you get started with these things when you do 
know that it's so flexible you can do so many things which means you've got more opportunity to be creative than you could with just a mobile phone i reckon some tiktokers will probably argue with that because you've got the device with you all the time but i would say strategically creative with your content because dedicated devices cameras that are built to be cameras have the most amount of flexibility as it currently stands at time of filming this episode of course ai is changing some of that as well by the way just just as a side note okay so that's phones uh, again if you want this guide go to kingvideo.co.uk for uh, and then just click on start here and, and download the pro guide and we're going to talk about microphones now microphones are smart lav plus so you know we talked about that and that's one that's a great investment it would still work with some of this stuff it is built specifically for a phone so depending on the camera it, it might work or not work but what, what i tend to look for is when we move across to these is a couple of different types of microphone you can have what i recommend there which is the rode wireless go i think there's a version two of this now rode wireless go gives you an opportunity to be wireless when you're filming so right now i've got uh, the yeti nano in front of me we'll talk about that in a second and if I move away, as I move away and I talk over here, you'll notice the sound is not as good. No, I'm hoping that's the case. You can hear me move towards and move away from the, the device. If I had a wireless microphone or a lapel microphone, the, the sound would stay with me as I move. So that's one of the benefits of it. And also, as you've probably seen in TikTok, uh, Instagram Reels, uh, Shorts, You've probably seen people interviewing with these Rode wireless, wireless um, microphones. I talked about it in the last episode. They put a dead cat on the top, the the wind muff, as some people call it, and they talk and pass it back and forward to the person they're interviewing. So that does happen also. It gives you a great opportunity. It makes it a bit more flexible, perhaps, than just using the onboard stuff. No onboard microphone is good, by the way. ZV, ZV1 and the E10... They're all right. They're not bad. You know, when you go to things like Descript, software like Descript, you can use studio sound and you can use AI to enhance the sound now, which makes the onboard stuff even more valuable. But I would say an external microphone like the ones I'm talking about here is probably where you want to be. Okay, sticking to microphones, there's also shotgun microphones. So if you're not sure about these and you're listening on the audio, a shotgun microphone is a directional one. If you're on YouTube, you can see me just pulling this one this one down in front of me. This is a, a NTG4, actually, I think. It sits above me. It's not the one I'm using for the sound here. But the, the shotgun mics, what they'll do is they'll avoid the sound around them and just they get the sound direct directly in front of them. So it means that when you're filming, you've got a better chance of getting the audio from the thing in front of you. Of course, that doesn't work if it's two-way, if someone's behind it. But for certain situations, that would be really, really useful. And then, of course, you've got lapel mics, which we've talked about before. Okay, so there's some good examples. Investment-wise, £100 maybe for the wireless go, £150 maybe. I've actually got a really nice set of microphones, which is the DJI. Uh, DJI, DJI. It's the, it's the version of DJI's Rode wireless goes. And the reason why I like it is it comes in a little case. It's a chargeable case. And it's got two microphones built in and one receiver. So you put the receiver on the camera and then you've got these two uh, transmitters. So if you want to do on the road interviews like podcasts, that kind of thing, you can give one microphone to your guest, one to you, and it sends them both to the receiver. 
I think it also record. You can also press record on those devices, and it'll record to the device itself as well. It was so valuable, you know. Like this game is a dream. From when I started the video company in 2013, this stuff that we're talking about here just didn't exist or was so expensive. So to have it available for a hundred pound or a couple of hundred pound is is just a dream. Uh, let's talk about lighting then. So the lighting I have in here, the, if you're on the YouTube channel, you saw me turn it off earlier. In the guide, I talk about key light airs and key lights so the difference between the two the key light has a um uh, like an attachment that you attach to a desk it's like a screw-on attachment and the key light airs have a desktop stand which is the ones i've got i've got two of them and they stand either side of me actually if you're on youtube now you'll see that's turning one off and that's turning the other one off and then turning one back on and the other one back on so you'll see the difference it makes and that so they're individual controls on my stream deck we'll talk about that in a minute and then i've got a dual control which turns them both on when i'm uh, recording like this i want them both on and the reason why that works in that way is because the key lights are wireless so they connect to your wireless network they connect to the computer that you're working with or your mobile phone and then you've got a remote control to turn them on and off and that's part of this setup that i was talking about where i say you want to go in and press a few buttons and you're ready that's part of what makes that all happen and so these key lights are just fantastic now the price of these is a couple of hundred quid i think the key light airs are about 120 pounds each the key lights the original key lights are about 180 i think they're super powerful they're very strong and just you know with the elgato stuff i just love the build quality of those lights you know when you're looking at new where i talked about the ring light that's behind me and the starter gear guide like yes they're good and I like the newer stuff. I think it's good build quality there as well. Also, Aperture. We used to use these Aperture lights, which, again, are more expensive. But, oh, my God, we travelled the world with those Aperture LED panels. Tens of maybe even 100,000-plus miles in a suitcase with these LED panels, and they just never let us down. For seven years, we used them, and they never let us down. But they were more expensive than the other ones I mentioned here. So I... I discount them off this list as the pro gear guide. I would say they're, they're kind of expert level. That's where I, I would put those things completely. Also in the lighting section, you'll see the, the newer two-pack LED video lighting kit. This has a uh, soft box included. I don't know if they changed this. We bought these. The soft box build quality wasn't great. Uh, as soft box tend not to be, you know, they're a bit hit and miss really. A soft box is something where if you've got a, a really strong light softbox or diffuser it's sometimes called will just spread the light a little bit more so you don't get the hot spot so if i turn my lighting up again you'll only see this if you're on youtube if i turn my lighting up more than it is now i mean you can still see some hot spots straight away but if i turn it right up you can start to see it on my forehead you see those two bands of light in the middle just here bands of lights there and these key light airs they have some diffuser they have like a diffuser on the front of them so the lighting is not bad, but it, it could definitely be better in my office. I, I'm, you know, I'm a recovering recovering perfectionist. So this would have done my head in a long time ago. But actually, I'm, I'm okay with this little bit of uh, additional lighting. I could set this office up better. It's the tiniest office ever. It's not like Americans. Like Americans have like nice stuff coming from the ceiling, and they have a bit more space behind them. When you've got these small box rooms in the UK, it's definitely harder to to get everything together. I would probably say if you're looking at my stuff on YouTube. The room probably looks bigger than it is because it's not at all. 
okay so anyway so lighting so th that's uh, good i would always suggest two led lights so you can have a left and right uh, you don't want them straight in front of you that's what the ring light will do having them left and right really helps and then there's just an optional thing here which is the stream deck stream deck is a little device the one i've got is three by five so i've got 15 buttons on it uh, there's a, a, a smaller one and there's an XL one that has more. The Stream Deck allows me to press those buttons and for things to happen. Nick Nimim, who's a, a YouTuber, who's a fantastic guy explaining a lot of this stuff, he showed recently, I watched one of his videos where he showed you can press a button and a whole bunch of actions happen. It's like automation off the back of the button. It's a sequence of events. So he presses a button, it opens a bunch of programs, it turns its lighting on, it hits record, all of those things in one click of a button just by setting up all those actions. So Stream Deck is just so powerful for that. It's It feels gimmicky, I'll be honest with you. For something like that where it's just a bunch of buttons, it feels gimmicky. But when you start programming those buttons to do the actions that you need, all of a sudden the gimmick goes and you just know it's a time saver really helps you out uh, okay so next i've got the stabilization so this is a tripod and i love manfrotto if i could choose tripods any time of the day it would always be manfrotto or manfrotto <laughs> as americans say it um i've had these manfrotto legs as, as professionals call them legs the tripods I had them just the whole time with the video company and again traveled the world i think we replaced one of them because we bashed it around a little bit but so good you know a lot of them are carbon fiber they're just so strong they really feel good build quality wise you get cheaper versions of tripods on on amazon and ebay and stuff you can just feel the plasticness of them and you just feel like they're going to break. They don't have weight inside them that really, you know, stabilize them well. And the other thing about the Manfrotto ones, that the one I've listed there is the B3, but I used to use the X-Prob ones, is they often have an in, a middle, like, a shaft, if you want to call it that, that pops out and then you can turn it sideways. So you can film sort of dead on or you can film from the top down. And that's one of those one of those strange requirements that you don't know you want until you've got it and then you don't ever want to go back. Okay, last couple of things then. Well, last thing really is capture cards. I think I said I wasn't going to talk about it. I didn't realise it was in this gear guide. Capture cards are one of those things that are kind of in some ways redundant now for some people. I still like to use a capture card. And, and just to understand what it does, a capture card will take the output of a camera it will feed it like HDMI output of a camera and it will feed it into your computer to the USB port, which is fantastic because it means you get a full feed from your camera into your computer and it feels like a webcam. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you, you're seeing my camera output via a capture card into my uh, Mac mini, which is brilliant, right? So the, way, the reason why this is kind of redundant is because a lot of the camera makers, Sony, Canon, they've all done this now. You can output via USB uh, straight into uh, a computer. What I find is there's a bit of latency that happens when that happens, a little bit of a lag with the camera. So you sometimes get problems with the audio not being in sync and it's a bit of a faff to try and get all that working. So the reason why I like capture cards still is because they offer that simple plug and play away you go and and you're and you know it sees it as a good device that you can use a camera that you can use straight away and, and you're good to go. 
I like stuff that's plug and play. I like stuff that's easy to use. I don't want to have to faff around with it, download drivers, download extra things just to get stuff working. The capture cards give you that. I've included a couple there. I would say the more expensive capture cards generally are the better ones. If you find you're plugging stuff in, it doesn't work really pretty much straight out of the box. It's either a dodgy one. Well, I've had a few dodgy ones where they just didn't work very well at all or they were jumpy, you know, the picture was a bit, bit dodgy or you do need a driver or something for it. It might be a, a non-compatible one. So you really want things like the Elgato ones. I, I talk about the 4K60 Pro, which is actually an internal to... It's not a USB one. It's an internal uh, card for a Windows machine. Things like that, they're just solid, you know. Again, talking about the Elgato brand, I've mentioned that before. Uh, Stream Deck is now an Elgato brand, I think. They're just solid devices, you know, more expensive, but solid, reliable, all that kind of stuff that you need when you're doing all of this good stuff. All right, and that's it. There's a summary in there. It tells you what to do next, all those kind of things. So that's the Pro Gear Guide. Go and grab the freebie. Uh, this link is in the show notes. It's available just kingofvideo.co.uk, like all of my stuff is. And it really gives you a starting point and it's a get going. And look, I, I'd really appreciate it if you've listened this far and you enjoyed this episode and you like the gear that I'm recommending. Let me know, leave a comment, leave a review, like the post, go on to YouTube and maybe like or share the video or something like that. Anything that's that's good to get me a bit more social proof. You know, I ask for this every time. Maybe I'll, I'll stop asking at some point in the future, uh, but we're episode nine, right? So we are just growing and we need your support to keep growing. We need the social shares uh, and all that kind of stuff to grow this podcast. I really appreciate your time and attention. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you in next week's episode. My name is Matt Hughes, King Video. Bye-bye.